Weekly Wheaties 2330, app development, open USD, EV charging, time changes. Understanding the stages of app development. Have you ever had an idea for an app? Surely you've said, there's got to be an app for that to someone when talking about some random issue or trouble you faced on your phone. Hopefully you understand the difficulty in developing said app, even if it appears simple on the face. But what you may not be aware of is the escalated level of complexity as an app becomes more involved. For example, the most simple app may consist of static text only. For example, nothing changes unless the app is completely rebuilt again. It becomes more advanced by adding pictures, video, and text. Next, anything that updates from the internet requires a much more involved programming backend. Then, once user interactions come into play, things become even more advanced. Lastly, as these apps use APIs to connect and talk with other softwares, the complexity rises once again. As an app goes through the development process, it would typically start with an MVP, minimum viable product. This would be the most basic way to show how the app would work. In some cases, this could be a drawing. In some cases, this could be a bunch of pictures, wireframes, or even a bare-bones website. The purpose here is not for looks or functionality, but to show what the app could or would do once built out. Some software developers may opt to build a functioning model, but that's not always the case. One purpose for an MVP is to sell the idea to potential customers to get feedback, or in extreme cases, an investor. Once an app has some level of proof of concept, a bare-bones functioning model is built to start testing and trying out. This is known as the alpha phase. Typically, this is only done in-house or at least with a small team. Not everyone involved in testing needs to be a developer, but they do need to be able to provide actionable feedback for the developers. Clear, constructive criticism is welcomed here. There may be a feature that sounded good in creation, but once put into practice, it falls apart. Most developers are aware of this iteration process and know not to be married to any idea or feature early on. Next, an app would enter the beta phase. At this point, the main features of the app are present and functional, and the app is aesthetically pleasing. The backbone is there, but specific extra features may be missing. Certain buttons or menu items may be present, but not fully functional. In this stage, more outside users are invited into testing. They are not expected to always provide feedback, but it is always welcome. The developers are able to look at more data on the back end of the systems and are able to run reports to understand the user experience. The app is still expected to be fully functional and may have random crashes, restarts, and loss of data. Once all the kinks are worked out and the app has all major features fully operational, it can enter the final stage. GA, General Availability, or RTW, Release to Web. In the past, this was typically referred to as an RC, Release Candidate. Further in the past, this would be referred to as RTM, Release to Manufacturer. An RTM may also be known as the Gold Release, indicating a gold-plated copy, typically of a CD or DVD, was sent off for replication. Then we receive updates, or let's hope we receive updates. Updates come in two forms, either a patch to fix a bug or security flaw, or a feature update. Both are important for the future of the app. Feature updates include changes in the user interface, colors, logos, pictures, etc., but can also include new features not included in the original release. As apps have moved towards more cloud-based development, users benefit from the ease of testing, distribution, providing feedback, and updating. Keep in mind, as an app goes through each stage, the level of complexity, size, and potential issues grow, 
This is also true as updates are released, and one major reason there are many levels of updates. A positive change in code in one area may cause a detrimental change in code in another area. And we didn't even talk about software languages. In case you missed it, Alliance for OpenUSD pushes to standardize 3D content. Similar to how Telsa teamed up with other major manufacturers to help adoption with their charging network, Pixar teamed up with Apple and three other major players in the 3D space, Adobe, Autodesk, and NVIDIA, to push OpenUSD. OpenUSD gives 3D developers, artists, and designers the complete foundation to tackle large-scale industrial digital content creation and simulation workloads with broad multi-app interoperability, said Guy Martin, director of open source and standards at NVIDIA. Adobe may be known for having graphical and video-based software, but they also work heavily in the 3D space, too. Autodesk started as a CAD company, but has quickly evolved into the 3D space themselves over the past 10 to 15 years. Lastly, in order to create or render 3D artifacts, a computer with a powerful GPU graphics processing unit is required. This is where NVIDIA shines. As of March 2023, they cornered 85% of the GPU market. AMD, Intel, and even Apple are competitors, but as AI becomes more popular with GPUs, they have some catching up to do. Read more at apple.com. In case you missed it, seven major car manufacturers team up to rival Tesla's charging network. General Motors, Stellantis, Hyundai, and Kia, Honda, BMW, and Mercedes-Benz announced an unnamed alliance to install upwards of 30,000 fast chargers across North America. Per the drive, there are more than 32,000 DC fast charging ports across the US, and roughly 20,000 of those chargers belong to Tesla. With Tesla's current network of chargers and a war chest of funds backed with other major car manufacturers, this is a very interesting announcement. Also important to note, GM and Mercedes have already announced their adoption of the NACS, Tesla's current charging standard. And move from the CCS, this almost seems akin to the Blu-ray and HD DVD battle over which standard will win, with a mix of Apple debating to drop their Lightning port in lieu of the more standard USB-C port. Except in this case, Tesla is not Apple. Read more at Reuters. Pick of the week, the science of clock change. Daylight saving time, something to load or something with a purpose. Timeanddate.com lay out some pros and cons for DST, along with many other variations you can search online. However, I'm only here to educate and inform. And one thing I've noticed is there are a ton of misconceptions along with misplaced detest towards this topic. I stumbled upon a mini-series by Save Standard Time that does a great job explaining a bit more in depth of how clock changes affect us as a group of people. I hope you find it as interesting as I did. Check it out on YouTube. Weekly Wheaties is a reader-supported publication. To receive new posts and support my work, consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. Links for the above-mentioned items are available at weeklyweedies.com.